Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Welcome to another edition of Backstage Chicago. I'm Lisa Fielding with WBBM News Radio, And this week, we take a drive down to Joliet on the famous Route 66 inside the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum, which is a work in progress. We're going to talk all about it. And the man of the hour for this podcast is Ron Romero. Hi, Ron. Thanks so much for being part of this. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. So, Ron, for folks who don't know who you are, we've interviewed you a few times uh, for WBBM News Radio about your project here, but we want to hear all about how this dream became a reality. Uh, tell us about yourself, and we'll go from there. So, crazy idea in 2013 to put together a museum, and uh, it was just thoughts. And then I uh, wanted to put together an exhibit and take it to another museum. And when I went to that museum, they suggested that this is bigger than what we have space for. Why don't you create your own? So, we took their advice. Their president of that museum actually helped me put together the very first board of directors. And since 2017, we've been moving forward. In 2019, we bought the building, and we've been renovating it. And I know you've been here a couple of times, so... After this, I'm sure I'll give you a tour. and You'll yeah. probably see some of the updates that we've been busy. But you're a local musician anyway. Kind of tell me why you thought this was something that not only Illinois needed, but something that music buffs and, you know, aspiring musicians, young people, just anyone kind of needed, and why you thought this was something that you kind of wanted to take on for yourself. It's just um, a love of music, and um, I've been playing for many, many years. And I thought it would be easier than moving gear from gig to gig. <laughs> but I learned <laughs> it's harder to build a museum than it is to move gear. Um, I just really appreciate the music from all the musicians. And the thesis that we took to the other museum as an exhibit was basically how um, Illinois music has uh, inspired the rest of the world. And it really has. And nobody has really claimed that uh, yet. So... I took it upon myself to say, hey, we're going to claim our you know, rightful heritage to all this great music and build a house where everybody can come and see and learn about it. And you mentioned some museums that you had visited to kind of spark this idea. Tell me a little bit about some of the spaces that you visited that kind of gave you that idea that, hey, Illinois needs something like this. Well, I love museums of any sort. But we've been to, in Arizona, they have a really nice uh, musical instrument uh, museum. Very, hmm. throughout decades and decades of different types of world music. Um, of course, Cleveland, you know, what they're doing, but they're looking at music from around the world. Uh, but what a great inspiration to say, hey, this is more Illinois. And of course, uh, you know, uh, Nashville has so many museums down there, individual artists or, you know, Music Hall of Fame, Musicians Hall of Fame is down there, um, all sorts of things. But one of the ones that really tipped me over was Rick Nielsen's uh, exhibit. 
Rick's called Picks. Rick's Picks. Yes. Um, and I think we talked about that. You mm-hmm. were there, right? Did you oh, go? yeah. Oh, so when the day that I went, uh, there was a bus tour that came through, and the people had flown in from Japan and went to the airport, took the bus to to there. And when I walked in, I'm like, these people are coming from halfway around the world to look at one of the artifacts of one great band from Illinois. And, you know, granted, it's Cheap Trick. It uh-huh. is a great band. But uh, when you start thinking about all the other great bands that we have here, I, I thought right away this would be a great uh, economic engine for the area here and for state of Illinois and for Joliet and Will County. And, um, you know, just to have that uh, recognition for the music. That's a big dream. So how do you put a big dream? You talked a little bit of the beginning about buying the building, things like that. But what was step one really to realize this dream? Well, uh, I suppose putting a committee together, making it a board, filing for nonprofit organization status, uh, just doing the business end first. We were were doing... uh, fundraising before we had a building and it's hard to raise money for an idea yep and it gets easier when you see now we have a building now we have people supporting and then it starts we're warming up and it's starting to snowball a little bit so uh yeah i don't know there's a lot to do and it's been so long um mostly it was just paperwork to start with okay and getting joliet the city on board right yeah, uh, City of Joliet uh, likes what we're doing here. Uh, we get more support from uh, a lot of the companies, like uh, individual companies, not individual companies, but corporates, uh, like, like Commonwealth Edison uh, donated money for our lighting. Uh, IBEW, a lot of the union trades are helping out. Uh, there's a, somewhere between six and 650000 in the building right now, all donated from local trade unions, from corporations, and we have... Now, 600 charter members from 26 states and now two countries. Wow, that's so really wonderful. we're expanding. <laughs> now, tell us about this building. Uh, describe it. How big is it? Where is it? And what are kind of the first things that you put together here when you started to really um, put this dream together here? So this building was built in 1930. We're located on the crossroads of Route 66 and US 30. They actually dubbed the, this area as the crossroads of mid-America. Okay. Um, so uh, we're in the heart of downtown Joliet. And the reason why we, spoke, or why we chose uh, Joliet is because we're close to a lot of highways, I-80, 55, 57, Route 6, Route 30. There's a brand new train station. There's a brand new uh, bus station. Um, so we're the third largest city in the state now. Uh, so there's good reason to, to come here to this area. It's easy to get to. Um, so that, you know, that's kind of where we started, uh, you know, why we chose this area and why we started to build it out. And Route 66, obviously a famous, uh, thoroughfare and a lot of people take uh, trips just to go through, you know, do that experience. And you guys are one of the stops there. You will be. Well, you know, truthfully, we have people stopping now that come through from all over. You know, they know about us. They know that we're closed. Sometimes they'll knock on our door. Can we come by and take a look and see what you're doing kind of thing? But we've had people that have come in here from around the world to come in. The Route 66 is such an attraction that there's groups from the Czech Republic and from Australia and that they have like this vision of Route 66 as a, you know, maybe an American iconic dream or something. Um, A bucket list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I talked to an economic development director one time and I said, you know, I wonder if people in Paris, if they realize that's the Eiffel Tower that they see every day. I think we just take for granted um, what what we have in our own backyard. And in this case, we have, you know, a very historic uh, area, the Route 66 and 
and of course, uh, Route 30 here. So when we think about uh, museums, specifically musician and music museums, we think of memorabilia. I know you're going to have that, so we'll talk about that in a minute, but your dream has a lot more than just that. It's about music education, um, arts and culture, all that kind of thing. So tell me about how you decided to branch out beyond just the the stuff. Yeah. You know? Good good question. You know, um, the the idea, the concept between about what we're doing right now is basically that we want to honor and, and preserve the music history from Illinois, but we also want to help uh, kind of help grow musicians from Illinois. You can make a living at being a musician, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be the rock star. You could be the producer. You could be the light guy engineer. You could be the sound engineer. We want to be able to teach those different types of uh, skills. Uh, we have experienced instructors that'll come through and, and teach that as well as instrument uh, lessons and things like that as well. So we want to kind of give that music education. It, it seems to be falling out of schools. Unfortunately, it's the first thing to get cut because everybody wants to stick with the, you know, the standard education uh, core. But uh, music is really important. And uh, that's kind of our, our, game, our idea here. And that is your first fl- your basement floor. Tell me lower about that. level. Yeah. Okay. So the lower level uh, has two sides to it. One side has lesson rooms where it could take students and teach them individual lessons. Um, there's a control room down there for sound engineering and recording. And then the other side is performance where we can actually it's set up with a stage and uh, seats about 85. But we can take students down there and do classroom and teach them songwriting or teach them uh, publishing or something in a classroom setting. Uh, or actually have them perform. You know, they take the individual lessons. Now we want to put them with a group to get that performance experience. Um, that area will also give us an opportunity to do uh, small shows down there, maybe some intimate acoustic shows or something. Uh, it's fully loaded with sound, lighting. Uh, we, can, we work with a couple of local colleges here in Joliet. Uh, they have some music programs, and, you know, they bring their interns through here. Now we have them coming through and helping out. Uh, setting things up and working on projects. Let's talk about some of the Illinois musicians, music bands that you, that we all know, of course. But I think when I went on your website, I realized there were so many more that I didn't know that were from Illinois. So how did you decide to come up with not really a list, but really who are we going to showcase? Or who, you know, I would say any, anything, any music musicians from Illinois will be showcased. How did you decide kind of who you were going to include in here initially? Well, you know, we want to be inclusive of everybody. And, and despite the name being rock and roll, we, we touch on country and blues and jazz and gospel and everything. So anything music from Illinois, um, that's kind of, um, you know, where we started at. It, there's, it's so limitless. I mean, it just goes on and on. And you know, like you said, you know, you've been in radio a long time, right? You know, you know radio, you know musicians, you know that kind of stuff. Me too. I mean, I, I've played and I've loved the history, but it, there's nothing better than looking and doing research and going, hey, that person's from Illinois. I didn't know that. Uh, I've learned so much. Yeah. From Illinois, you say, oh, did you know REO Speedway? That's from Illinois. Did you know Styx is from Illinois? I'm from Illinois. Yeah. People equate that partnership and that loyalty, and you're proud of kind of your native sons and daughters that come from Illinois and maybe make it big or make it to the stage, even next door in the next town or whatever, you know? Well, you know, you were a major part of our event that we did, our Hall of Fame. And uh, just being there that night for me was just so electrifying. It's, 
with your help of bringing in all the, not, I don't want to say all the important DJs, but a lot of DJs came. There's so many more DJs that uh, we need to make a part of this as well. But to be backstage with, you know, one of the guys from the Buckinghams or the Ides of March or, you know, anybody that was there, of course, Kevin Cronin from, from REO, um, what an honor and a pleasure. And, and I told a story, too, that, we, you know, we were downstairs in the green room. I love this story because um, I'm geeking out because I'm down there <laughs> with, with Kevin Cronin and Jim Peter, two of my all-time favorite heroes. And, and Kevin Cronin's kind of geeking out because he's there with Jim Peterick <laughs> saying, I remember going to see you at this place and I remember how much you influenced me. And um, I think that's what music is, you know. Absolutely. No matter what level you're at, there's always somebody that's going to influence Let's you. Let's rewind about that Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, you and I were both there, so we're kind of talking about it. But let's talk to tell people about how that all came about and how the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was a partnership and kind of an expansion of the museum. Let's go back and talk about how that began and how it culminated, culminated into a huge event at the end of August. Yeah, so that was planned for 2020, um, of March of 2020, uh, about two weeks before, or two weeks after we got shut down because of yeah, COVID. Yeah, but you, you said, let's have a Hall of Fame within, oh, yeah. talk about how that came about. So, I don't know, how do you have a museum without the Hall of Fame? We, we've got to have that. There's a lot of people that are, the musicians and there's certain criteria to be into that um and people can see that when they go to our website the nominations are currently open for the next set of uh hall of famers uh but basically you've got to have some significant uh impact in music from illinois you have to be in the business at least 20 years has to be dj has to be an individual musician has to be a band so those kind of criteria that we do so the general nomination process is open up to the to the general public uh, it goes to a committee to see the make sure that everybody's eligible. It's been nominated, and then it goes to our charter membership to vote in who's going to become uh, the next part of the Hall of Fame. And that's the process that we took the first time. I want to say there were four thousand people that made general nominations. Wow. Out of that, we had eight hundred unique nomi- nominations, meaning there were eight hundred different individuals or bands or whatever that were nominated. All from Illinois. All from Illinois. Amazing. And um, and then we had to whittle that down to a ballot of about twenty one which was a very difficult situation. And, it, and, you know, we I suppose any Hall of Fame, anybody would get flack. You know, well, why isn't this person in? Why didn't this person get in? Um, there were a lot of people that, that are, you know, that are due to get in here. But that, that um, event is a very important fundraiser for us as well. That helps us to build this house to house the music from Illinois. So the ticket sales and people had come through and bought merchandise. We sold out of merchandise like, in a heartbeat. And... Um, so all of that money that comes in goes directly to uh, the museum, building the museum. A highlight from the Hall of Fame induction at the Rialto in August was a performance by Illinois' own native son, Kevin Cronin, lead singer of Ario Speedwagon. The other members of the band that night were sidelined by COVID, so Cronin was backed by a local young cover band, the Millennials. I somehow even became a backup dancer on stage during a rock and rendition of Roll With The Changes, a moment these young musicians and I certainly won't soon forget. Roll With The Changes. Here we go. 
Well, let's talk about the, the, those walls could talk. <laughs> And if you went in the basement of the Rialto, you could see all these signatures of all the different artists that have been there over the years. Tell me a little bit about the history of that and why it made it so special to really have the Hall of Fame, the Illinois Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, in the Rialto, knowing how many musicians came before you on that stage. So the Rialto was built in 1926. Uh, it was, it's a very ornate one of probably one of the state's most beautiful theaters built by the same group that did Chicago theater. And, um, the, the people who have graced that stage, um, they do tours on Tuesday where they take people through and show you the backstage of the area of the Rialto and such. And I highly suggest taking it because you do get to see those signatures on there. And it's the same thing. It's, you know, you go through that stuff and it's like, wow, look at these signatures. Look who's been here. Uh, you know, everything from all over. And it's everything from, you know, I, I want to say that it was old vaudevillian back in the day where they had maybe uh, the Mark. I know the Marx Brothers were on there on that stage at one time. And then, you know, we just saw Martina McBride there recently and Kansas has been there. And I, the, the list is endless. It's a beautiful theater. And it was real important for us. You know, we have to make that first impression with our with our uh, Hall of Fame. And we couldn't have thought of a better place to go to uh, than the Rialto because I think that really that really makes a big statement for and let's us. Name off who made the ballot for twenty twenty. You're going to ask me who made the ballot, and I don't remember. There are twenty one, okay, but I can tell you, I <laughs> I can tell you who actually got nominated or not nominated, who got inducted. Inducted. Yes, yes, we know. So that that, that we know was uh, Cheap Trick, Ario, Buddy Guy, Muddy Waters, Ides of March, the Buckinghams. Uh, WLS AM, uh, we had uh, Dick Biondi, Larry Lujak, mm -hmm. and who else? Chess Records. Chess Records, thank you very much. And let's talk about chess. You yeah. ha you're going to have a, a an exhibit about chess records, yeah. and that's so cool as well, is knowing the history of that and, and really the the – just the statement that they made in the Chicago area back in the day. Yeah. Well, you know, as I said, the thesis was what did Illinois do for music that influenced the rest of the world? And you can't be more influential than what happened at Chess Records because we started out with people like uh, Muddy Waters and, and uh, Willie Dixon and wrote all those great songs that went off to be hits for the Rolling Stones and for uh, Led Zeppelin and all these other, these other people as well. But I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Chuck Berry, of course, was from St. Louis. But he recorded at Chess Records. That's where all his big hits were recorded at, is at Chess Records. And so that history... You know, I know Cleveland claims that they are the, you know, creators of rock and roll. But take a look at what happened here at Chess Records with, uh, you know, with Chuck Berry and, you know, how we changed, how we, we had a really big country uh, scene here in Illinois. We had the biggest radio station for country for a long time before Nashville. And um, we also had the best blues, in, in my opinion, my honest opinion. Um, best blues was you know coming from Chicago, which were basically was transplants from a lot of people coming from the South, uh, playing acoustic. But when they came to Chicago, they plugged in. They had a drummer and a bass player and a singer, and it became a little you know hotter, grittier. It became Chicago blues, and uh, you marry that country with that blues, and you give birth to rock and roll. And tell us a little bit about some of the exhibits that you plan to, we talked about chess, but what else is going to be here and some of the memorabilia that you've already gotten or some of the things that you're planning on getting here. What will people see once this is all finished? 
So uh, we have it laid out so that the first floor starts uh, on blues. And um, the reason I chose that is that when you go to Chess Records, there's a sign on the wall that's a quote from Willie Dixon that says that blues is the roots and the rust is the fruits. And I kind of feel that way. So the first floor is kind of our foundation for the story. We talk about the great migration of the African-American community coming from the South, bringing a great uh, solo acoustic blues, making it into uh, electric blues and at places like Maxwell Street then being recorded at Chess Records and a lot of other wonderful uh, record companies back at the time, and then getting out to the world. Uh, so that's what we're going to do on the first floor is talk about blues. Second floor is pretty much our the rest of our exhibit space. Um, I should say majority of our exhibit space. Uh, that will be rock and roll, punk, gospel, anything else you can think of. And then the third floor will have a performance venue, It'll be our Hall of Fame, and then there'll be a, additional exhibits up there as well. So, yeah, quite a bit. So tell us your progress so far. Every time I come to visit, you've got lots more done, and that's always <laughs> a good thing. I like hearing that because I'm here day to day, and I always think we're not doing enough. <laughs> but truth be told, it's, you know, I see this now. Um, when you look at the before pictures, this was a shell of a building, you know, it, it started out as what was called the White Store. There's a gentleman by the name of White that came in and created this dry goods store, basically, in the 1930s. In the 1950s through, I think, early 60s, it was Goldblatt's. After that, it became um, the, uh, what was it? It was a buy-right furniture store. Hmm. So it wasn't necessarily a really, um, what do I want to say, well-put-together building. Like, the, the infrastructure of the building is really good. It's made out of fire block. It's real solid. Our architect is like, yeah, you got the right building. It's not going anywhere How soon. How many square feet is this? Almost 30,000 wow. square feet. So, yeah, and if you can imagine, we have to renovate 30,000, all of it. Um, so we started out, when we got here, there were no walls. There was no flooring. Um, the lights were all fluorescent lighting. Uh, so the, one of that was one of the first things that we got was a grant to replace the, the lighting in here and put all LED uh, gallery lighting and stuff. But then we got a grant to uh, put in uh, flooring, and we had another company come in and do painting on the ceilings and uh, and start building walls. And it's it's just been, uh, it takes a long time to do that. You know, in my vision, it was like, okay, next year we're going to open this up and we'll be ready to go. Right. And then when you really, you know, put your feet in the water, it's like, well, this is a pretty deep pool. <laughs> There's a lot to do. So, um, you know, we're still going at it. We, and the good thing is the the sport has been phenomenal. We continue to grow our membership. Our, our uh, You know, we still look for people that are help us with the fundraising. Uh, donors, uh, either corporate or private donors come in, and we're still in need of that. We still have a lot more to do. But it's a great project to be involved with. Let's talk about membership. Yeah. What does that mean? How can people get involved? Why should they get involved? And how does that help you substantially with this? So a lot of the, the questions for that can be answered by going to our website, which is roadtorock.org. Um, that's R-O-A-D-T-O-R-O-C-K.org. Um, and basically, uh, having the membership it's a it's a constant support from the membership the 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 membership fees help to pay bills the utilities to keep us going um you know to to keep the the day-to-day -day things um and then the the donors and things like that help us to pay for you know if there's a something that we need to get we need to get wiring or something or whatever it may be they help us with that kind of stuff um and then the the corporate donors also you know like Mohawk and the flooring guys came in and donated the flooring to us. Um, they looked at the gift shop area and, and said, what are you going to do for the rest of the floor up here? And I said, as it comes, you know, 
And the gentleman said, okay, we're going to measure. We're coming back next week. We're going to measure the rest of the, this floor, and we're going to take care of it for you. Nice. So likewise with, you know, companies like ServPro and, and ComEd. And there's, you see a list back here on, over my shoulder um, of people that have helped out with this. It's a growing list. And other membership levels? Yeah, the Let's level. level that. Yeah, that was the original question, wasn't it? Yes. yes. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, ADD kicked in. <laughs> no problem. Uh, so the membership levels start out as individuals annually. Uh, you can get families, and then you can go to lifetime memberships too. There are discounts for seniors for military, um, so you can go on the website and see that on there as well. Uh, it's as it's as uh, low as thirty five dollars for an individual per year. It's not that much. But when you add up all the people that we have, it helps us so much. Um, and a lot of those 35 after the first year or so, they've converted to lifetime members, uh, lifetime membership for individual and a char- what we're calling our charter membership. Now, let me explain a charter membership. That means the people who are really helping to get us off the ground. Once we're open in a year past that, we're going to change our membership dues. It'll go up to be higher. But anybody who's become a charter member will remain a charter member as long as they keep their membership up. There's some uh, benefits to doing that, which is a lot of discounts at local stores and restaurants. Joliet downtown has a lot of phenomenal restaurants. Um, I don't know that we hit our, I don't want to say our mark. I don't think people know about that yet. Um, But there is uh, Italian food. There's uh, Korean barbecue. There's Venezuelan food here, Mexican food. All the restaurants are fantastic down here. And I think that's going to be another big attraction for so this area. Partnerships, a lot, yeah. Everybody who's involved, uh, you know, I, I go to all the businesses and I say, help us get our membership up. Can you donate ten percent off on a meal or five dollars off on a meal? And they've agreed to do that. And in return, all our membership that comes here, even now that come through to see what we're doing, go to the to the restaurants. The Hall of Fame when we held that, we filled the, the restaurants up here. So we want to do that on a consistent basis. It'll be good for the uh, economy around here and for the community and, you know, kind of a give and take. You know, we we help the community and they're helping us. And you've got some famous faces on your board, um, you know, who've been involved. And you you mentioned Jim Peterick earlier. Kind yeah. of let everyone, if people don't know who he is already, he's kind of our hometown boy as well. He's the guy with the purple hair. Yeah, he that is. That we see everywhere in his sparkly outfits. He's, but he's uh, been involved from the very beginning, right? He has, he has. He was in this building uh, before we put up the walls, he was the first one to play in this building. He brought, I got to tell this story too. It's we, Ides of March, everyone. Yeah. Sing? Ides of March. And of course the survivor too. Oh, he, yes. he founded the band survivor too. Singer songwriter written lots of familiar the, songs that you know. He's the writer special. of the song yeah. book or songwriting for uh, dummies book. Wow. You know, oh. he's the guy he's written with everybody. Okay. Yeah. So he's, an Illinois he's guy. here. We asked him to be here because our first meeting was with like local dignitaries, the uh, city council right. and some yeah. other people. So we had a stage here and we'd go up and do little speeches and you know, this is what we're planning and doing. Well, I brought my guitar that day and I set it on the side of the stage and Jim walked over to me and he, whose guitar is that? I go, that's mine. He goes, do you think it'd be okay if I played something? I go, in my back of my head, I'm like, yeah, you kind of took my oh, bait. That yes. was. <laughs> so he went up there, and um, he was the first one to perform in here on my guitar, uh, which, you know, I'll never sell now. <laughs> Did he sign it for you? No, not yet. I, got to, I do have to ask oh, him to do that. Yeah. Um, but he came in here and, and just kind of rallied everybody that was here. And how, come on, played vehicle, you know. He, when he did that, the place lit up. Everybody sang along. Everybody sang the horn parts. He mm-hmm. got him to do da, that. Da, so. Da, da, da. Yeah. <laughs> so he he had a great, um, you know, Jim. I, I, as I, I always tease him, I said, if you look in the dictionary 
under Rockstar, you'll see a picture of Jim Peterick. He's yeah. that guy. Um, just down to earth and really supportive. So he's of been Burmese. a great ambassador for you guys from the beginning. He has been, yeah. And we have others too. Uh, yourself, yes. I, I can't thank you enough for all that you've done. Uh, you've brought a lot of awareness to the to the radio world, to the yeah. DJs, and you've you've brought a lot of people to our Hall of Fame to participate. We owe you well, a well, big thank you. It's a wonderful cause. I love music myself. Obviously, I come from a, you know, a communication and performing arts and that kind of thing background. And it was really something that I thought that you're you're right. The Chicago and Illinois broadcasting world should know about as well because that's an, a natural partnership. Absolutely. For sure. So I'm glad we've we got and that that's platform why we honor, going. Yeah, yes. we honor honor um, the DJs, DJs and yes. stuff from from Illinois too. Absolutely, we have to. Um, so thank you for your your help on that too. Uh, we have an, a new ambassador, uh, Mitch Michaels, actually, uh, from uh, the river is on. Uh, we have, um, uh, who else am I forgetting? Uh, Joe Montagna. Oh, Joe, correct. that's our new who, guy, who, Joe yeah, Montagna. Who was on my first podcast, by the way. Yes. But he, he has a, a history of playing music in Chicago as well. Yeah, right? yeah. He, when I, <laughs> funny story is I, I was out in the gallery here working, and one of the ladies came out of the office and said, some guy called for you, Joe <laughs> Montagna, John Joe Mon, And they showed me the piece of paper that they took note on, and I said, is that Joe Montagna? And they go, yeah, do you know of him? And I go, are you kidding me? How old are you? Yeah, <laughs> how do you not know Joe Montagna? So um, it's funny because they said, oh, he's probably calling for free tickets, right, to go to the Hall of Fame. I go, if he does, you give them to him. <laughs> so, and I pulled out the, my phone, and I pulled up a picture of Joe Montagna, and I showed him, and then, oh, my God, that's him. Of course, yeah. they recognized him from, Agent Rossi. Oh, oh, my goodness, Agent yeah. Rossi, and yeah. it goes on from Dean, he well, played sure. Dean Martin. In sure, the, sure. Oh my the younger it goes generation on. knows him from CSI, oh. yes. Yeah, right. I'm sorry, Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds. Right, I sorry. do the same thing. Uh, but, you know, so I, I go back into the office and I grab the number and I call that number and, and I get a hello. And I go, uh, is this Joe Montagna? Yeah, this is Ron from the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum. I said, uh, just returning your call. Oh, good to hear from you. He's got that real smooth voice, yeah. which I can never imitate, but um, he's got that real smooth voice. And I said, before we go any further, is this the Joe Montagna? And he goes, Yep, yep, one and the same. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and just from that voice, I'm like, oh, my God, this is him. So he said he heard about our project. He liked what we were doing. He says, I don't know if you know this, but I used to play in a band. And I go, the Apocryphals. He goes, you know of my band? I go, of course I do. You know, it was a band in the 60s, um, not major. You know, they didn't become the Beatles, but, you know, they had, they had some uh, records and stuff out too. But uh, in the second call that I got from him, we talked uh, about the museum for about 15 minutes and about another 30 or 40 minutes wow. about bass guitars because he's a bass player. So. Nice. And then at the end of the conversation, he said, I'm sorry to take up your time. I don't get the chance to talk to uh, rock and roll to many people often. I go, you know, I'm thinking to myself, you're Joe Montana. Call me and talk about your cats if you like. I, I'm good with it. But great guy. Real nice guy to have on the board. We have a new one coming on that I haven't announced, but mm -hmm. I'll make the announcement here on do your you? show. Please do. Exclusive. A uh, gentleman by the name of Chuck Colbert. Uh, you may not recognize the individual name, but he's played with uh, American Breed. He's played with uh, Shaka Khan and Rufus. Uh, he has such a resume that he's done musically. Um, he came in here for our last big meeting that we had here and just loved the project and is willing to help out. And he's donated a song that he's written that we're, we're trying to get help from Illinois artists to come in and sing uh, Bit and Peace, kind of like We Are the World kind of yes. thing. He, the song is phenomenal. It's a great, very uh, uplifting song. 
So we're, that's our project for this year is we're going to try to get some artists together and, and uh, record those bits and pieces. And we'll you sell it to make money for this. And he's that's donated 100% of the proceeds to the Illinois Rock and Roll oh, Museum. Oh, that is wonderful. You kind he's of buried the lead man. on that one, Ron. That's a great project. Yeah, I, that's, that's <laughs> going to be We call it burying the lead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me about that. So, uh, yeah, he came in. He, he played this song for me. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's a song called Where's the Long Love Gone? Um, you know, and his explanation is we're in a, we're in a critical time, interesting time in our, in our days where everybody's so angry with everybody and we shouldn't be, you know, we're all, all Americans. We're all, we're divided because of political stances, because of our religions, because of our race, because, and his point is why, you know, and I, I can't agree with him anymore. It's, well, why would that separate us? We're all Americans. So it's kind of one of those songs that's kind of uh, uplifting and, and giving hope. And um, what we want to do is reach out to a lot of Illinois artists and see who will, you know, sing a line in the in the song and, and um, kind of make it a big hit, we hope. And, you know, in the end, music is one of the very few things that d- does unite everyone in the end. Absolutely. That's um, actually that's written in my business plan that it's, you know, it's the music is the one thing that transcends our differences in race and religion and politics. We may not all agree in the same type of music. There's a quote that uh, Lou Rawls said that, you know, even if we don't speak the same language through music, we can communicate, um, kind of paraphrasing, but, um, you know, and it's very true. You know, you could just sit back and music can take you to a place where you've been, where you've been years ago where that was good or bad or, very you know, true. just a place to hide or that's. That's why I'm in this project is I love music so much. So. All right, Ron, congratulations Thank on you. this project. And we look forward to your grand opening. And if anybody wants some information, they can go to roadtorock.org. Ron Romero, founder and CEO and just the man. King, president, <laughs> whatever King you president you yeah. of the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum and the Hall of Fame, all that good stuff. Thanks for joining us today, and we wish you luck in the future. Thanks for having me. Coming up next week on Backstage Chicago. It's one of the most influential puppetry organizations in the world. And now it's bringing back the popular Chicago International Puppet Theater Festival. We'll talk to the festival's founder and to a Chicago puppeteer who's hoping to use his art and a certain furry friend to send an important message about race relations and social justice. Subscribe to Backstage Chicago on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is Electrified Diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.